if you were to tell old Trayvon Palmer, this is the way you do it. This is the path. What is the one thing that you would tell that kid that is in that clash in those real moments? What would you tell that kid? Play the long game, man. Uh, I think I used a, a, a quote on one of my captions not too long ago. I forgot exactly where I got it from, but it goes, never sacrifice what you want most for what you want in the moment. Kind of like knowing what your end goal is, what your dream is, you know, always keep that first. A lot of people look for, I would say, instant gratification or kind of the quick return on things, whether it be, you know, it could be life, it could be investing, it could be finances. Like everybody looks for that instant gratification, but in the back of your head, you got to kind of know, like, this is what I set out where I want to do, you know, with my life or where I want to be. So you got to stick to that formula, stick to those steps that it takes to, to reach that, you know, sometimes you don't see it right away. You might not see it in in two years, three years, ten years, but you know, you gotta you gotta stick to that formula and you gotta kinda believe in that that system or that that process. I know it sounds cliche to say believe in the process, man, but uh you really do have to believe that process. If you lay down the game plan the right way, I feel like it'll happen for you. How do you know that though? How do you kind of lock into that? Because a, a kid or if somebody's listening mm-hmm. to this right now and you know, they came from a good home and they're in a tough situation, how do they play the long game when they see as soon as they step out they room in their house they see girls or man they on tiktok they doing this oh make money this way oh flip it that way how do they play the long game when all they see is the short game like how do they focus and lock into that can you tell me how you found the game of basketball like how did you know this is what i wanted to play professionally like how did that even come about for you Man, my story is so crazy, bro. Is uh, I didn't even really grow up playing basketball. I would say I grew up playing football. So my first team sport that I got into was football. Little neighborhood league around the around the age of ten. That was my first passion for it was football. Being on a team sport, a tough sport like football, it kind of teaches you a lot of values that you need to survive out here, such as you know discipline, teamwork. You know, sometimes putting pride to a side, you got to get humiliated at times, but it puts you through a lot of things that I feel like prepare you for life situations, work field, or, you know, just things that come with life. So football was it for me. It taught me a lot of just how to, you know, hold myself as a man. You got to, you got to stand on your own at times in football. You know, it's, it's you out there with other boys or men, whatever age you playing, but you got to learn how to, how to hold your own out there. Cause in a sport like that, the week get weeded out. So. Football was was a big thing for me. It wasn't until I got to uh, high school, I would say, um, one of the AAU coaches came to a game and, you know, asked me if I want to play basketball. So I think it was my 10th grade year, which made me a sophomore. Um, I tried out for the Playground Elite Warriors, here, a good program here in Wisconsin. AAU circuit, man, my first year on the Nike EYBL circuit, man, kind of just opened my eyes. Like, man, I've been playing football my whole <laughs> life, but it's basketball. It's, it's lit out here, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. I went through that one year. That was the year my body started to develop and transfer too. So, you know, I get bigger, faster, stronger. By the time I got in the year two, I started really to, I fell in love with the grind. Like it wasn't just a sport for me, but like just to fall in love with the grind or something, you know, see yourself go from point A to point B or just the growth over time. I, I fell in love with the, the work for real. I feel like, yeah, the work, I think the work and, and you falling in love with the grind, man, yeah, it's kind of symbolizing or it, it gives you, the mode of life. Like you could see yourself grow. Oh, I'm getting better in football. Then I changed to a whole different sport that I ain't never played. It's lit. Like, and I'm getting bigger, stronger, faster. And it's like, if you can pair this with life, it's like, damn, there's exponential returns on this thing. Like if I can 
take this game and take what I know from this grind. Like, I, I love what you said about sports, because, again, sports, mm-hmm. I feel like on this podcast, we talk about sports and different things with different people with these backgrounds. But when you look deeper and you peel back the layers, sports are really is a metaphor for life. It's like like you said, you get humiliated, the anxiety mm-hmm. you feel even before like a podcast. You, you feel yeah. so many things. You got to communicate with different people and, and you got to know now like you can't just put it off. You got to know in those moments. And I think sports do a real thing of really building your mentality. And I think from your story, just this is random but a lot of people listening that play sports that don't know if they can make it and move on to the next level they can listen to you and just as we go along here see how each and every step like he stays connected with his why and he's playing a long game from football to basketball to the next steps that he makes he's playing a long game and you can see how that exponential return mm-hmm. played out for him in his next step so I, I love that you said that that's that's fire bro and I think it's it's honestly just a mature way to look at life. There's a lot of people and I know like, you're passionate about the young ones, too, but there's a lot of people tuned in that it's hard for them to lock in. And I think this is just going on a tangent again. I think in our age right now in 2022, it's kind of. It's hard. It's corny. There's a lot of l- lames out here that's, yeah. that's doing different things. If you were to tell somebody, a kid listening to this, like, how do you become Trayvon Palmer? Because you're again, like you're solid, bro. And a lot of people, even parents, it's hard to raise kids out here that are solid, like that, you know, okay, maybe I might do this. Maybe I might do that. But I still maintain my Jamaican core values. Like, I know that I will never play myself out of my position. How would you advise a kid to like never trick yourself out of the position you're in? Man, as a kid, you got to kind of be yourself, man. Allow yourself to to wonder. Allow yourself to ask questions, man. Allow yourself to grow. Um, I don't want to say don't be influenced. I feel like influence is everywhere, but you got to kind of be your own person, man. Don't let people sway you in, in one direction over another. Kind of find your own way, you know. I feel like nowadays it's easy. I mean, especially with social media, man, to be tempted to, like, be like other people or, or do this way because you see this return or that return. But, uh. But me, man, I always thought I was my own person, man. I don't know if it, I don't know what made me like that, but I just felt like I just felt like I was always doing the right thing. Like I feel like I'm big on faith too, so I mean that might play a part in it, you know, just being connected with your faith and whatever it is that uh, you believe in. Yeah. But I just felt like I was on the right path that I, w- I would see something good out of it. Honestly, I felt like something good would come from it. Find your own way. I love that. It's it's hard though, like you said. Um, you move on high school, Brown Deer High School in Walkie. Hey, you did, your, you did your research, I see. <laughs> if you take me to that time, like you said, um, as a kid, I think from ages like eight to 18 is your real impressionable years. You're you're really swayed. Like we've been talking about being swayed. And like you just said, you it's hard not to be influenced. Can you take me through a time where you were influenced? where you realize like, I'm not Trayvon Palmer. This is not who I am. This is not what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? And and what are the steps of how yeah. you got out of that? I mean, everybody kind of goes through, um, I guess, trying to find themselves, especially in high school. But uh, you have peers who don't always have the same goals as you or vision as you or blessed enough to be, in my case, like an athlete. So like, I, I felt like I was going to play pro, you know? Not all your friends are like that. So you got kids out here do, doing the wrong thing, honestly. And I felt like uh, there were certain times in high right. school where I could, I could kind of see myself going down a, a different path that I wasn't necessarily proud of. So 
like I said, what again, was man, the path like, that you, you're referring to? Uh, just being out here kind of connected to, I don't know. I don't know how much you can really say on the podcast, but man, I, I just wasn't, like you said, I wasn't Trayvon Palmer, man. I was letting right. kids kind of influence me that, you know, when we're living the same lives, I mean, just because we went to the same school or we were friends at a certain time, like, you know, everybody lives their, their own different lives and they go down their own path. But, uh, I just kind of knew that wasn't me. You can kind of see the outcomes of people, bro. Like, no, nah, no. Nah, and I respect that. I respect your, your boundaries. I, I'm just, cause I know me, right. I, in my early age, it was kind of before high school. I was faced with a decision, like my best friend at the time, mm. he was in like the gang culture. He was doing different things yeah. and he was he's swaying away from my lifestyle and who I was and who my family was. And I kind of stepped into that yeah. and I started doing different things. And I almost thought I was that yeah. leading on. Unfortunately, he ended up like losing his life mm. later on in life because of, you know, he stayed on that track. It was only because of the grace of God. And, and I found my family, my faith and different things that I, I kind of got out of that. I, I, I led that because I know you. There was a conversation that we had mm-hmm. um, in I think it was Detroit where I kind of, you know, some of the times you're with the guys, you joke around, yeah. you say different things. And I mentioned like a gang or something like that. And you was like serious. You was like, nah, don't play with like, don't play that shit. Yeah. Like that's not, that's lame. Yeah, and I was like, what? Like my, my confidence and my pride was hurt. <laughs> I was like, what you mean? Like, but I understood what you were saying. And I, and I'm thankful that you said that because a lot of the times we think like glorifying that type of culture, gang culture or hood culture, street yeah. culture is good. But it's like, nah, there's there's a lot of lives lost from that. Yeah. There's a lot of pain tied to that. And yeah. it's a lot of, you know, it's it's a hard place to get out of. So when people like in the moment I did, I think you saying that is is really, again, it's, it's mature and it's and it plays to a bigger picture. Right. Like glorifying these things from the past never got you to the place you wanted to be. So. The reason why I ask you that is I'm trying to see the mindset of how did you separate yourself from being real involved in those type of things to who you are. But I think your your story, even in high school, to stay locked in like that is 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 fire, man. And and I think a lot of kids again, I keep going for the kids because I see you as a leader, like a person of, you know, yeah. high stature. So I know any kid listening is listening to a solid guy like he, he stands on his ten. And he knows who he is. So no, it was definitely, definitely a good question, man. I think I do remember remember us having that conversation. A large part of it is played by the media, man. The media glorifies it through the, the, the social media, through the music, through the rap and things like that. Some of those people don't necessarily live in those lives, bro. And it, it takes it, it will take, or sometimes it does take a traumatic experience for you to to go through something or for you to see something or for you something to happen to somebody you love for you to realize, like, man. This this is real. Like this is somebody's real life out here. So right. I try not to get too drawn into that because, like I said, I do come from a good family. I do have both my parents who who've done everything to, to give me the best shot at life. So I feel like it would be a disservice to to myself and to them. I kind of let them down to, to still get caught up to that. Mind you, it's not easy because yeah, I'm like, isn't that hard? You got a lot of pressure. Definitely hard. It's definitely hard because you you can come uh. Like they say, the environment kind of makes you who you are type of thing, but it's definitely tough. Like I said, sometimes you have to go through something or see something or, you know, something happen to somebody you love for you to realize, like, it's not the path I want to go down or it's not the chance I want to take. Like there's, there's other avenues. You're you're unbreakable. It sounds like you you go at things head on and you you go, you go, you charge forward. I think 
that's admirable. But if you were to unpeel the layers, just a time, maybe something creatively or in your life career, but something that you couldn't go head on with or you, you were hesitant to step into. Take me to a time where you were questioning yourself before you did a thing. And then when you did, it, it was like, oh, shoot, I should have did this a long time ago. I, I try to keep it sports related, honestly. Uh, I feel like switching. No, nah, you can put your life, life related, <laughs> life related. This is a life yeah. podcast. Well, no, this Literally. was a, this was a big. This was this was a, a big like decision in my life. I think making that switch from uh football to basketball was kind of a, a one that people didn't really. A lot of people, even my family, probably my pops included, didn't really agree with. Cause like I really like grew up football, bro. Like I was nice, bro. Like. Wide receiver, I was all state, you know what I mean? I was all state defense. Yeah. I was really cold, bro. But uh You play defense too. Yeah, yeah. You see, I don't know if you can see like all the all the little I was watching some of the highlights. Yeah. yeah. It just in football it never shows your face. Yeah. I yeah, hate that's that. Kinda, that was wonderful. <laughs> like uh I don't know, bro. I was kinda like in between, like, do I wanna continue doing what I loved or do I wanna kinda pursue this this new passion? And like we kinda talked about earlier, I felt like for me, I felt more in love with the the grind or something like you know i started this journey so late like i got so much room to grow at this like hmm do i go with what i love and i already know i'm good at or i want to embrace this new challenge this new journey let me see where this can take me and uh it came to the crossroads where i was pretty much telling all the basketball schools like no, i'm gonna play football i'm gonna go do football i went on a visit to Illinois State, but they were kind of promising me, you know, I don't know if I should say the school, but hey, it's already out there. Illinois State, they kind of telling me, <laughs> you know, you're our guy. You're going to be the number one receiver on the depth chart. Ooh, ooh, cool. Great. I go on an official visit. Mom's and dad behind me sitting down with the front of the head coach. I'm like, yeah, you know, we got a half scholarship for you. Ooh, ooh. I kind of like, I kind of blanked. As soon as you said half, I kind of just blanked out, just sitting there like, kind of look back behind. I got moms and pops. I'm like, man, they done sacrificed everything for me, you know, they whole life to, you know, they done did everything for me to this point. Like, the least I can do is get my school paid for. So in that moment, I turned that down, man, made a call to my mentor. Shout out to Dre. He's one of those people that kind of stayed in my corner. I guess that's another big part of it, too, man, to have somebody reliable in your corner, somebody that really wants to see you win, like, regardless of, of the outcome. So I called Dre, like, man, I think I want to hoop. He said, all right, big dog, don't worry about it. I'll make some calls for you. A week later, man, went to go play junior college at uh, North Dakota State College of Science, man. And that's kind of where my, my basketball journey started from there. What were you thinking in that moment? You made the call to your mentor man. and you're like, OK, I don't know, but I trust you. I'm going yeah. out on a limb. I'm leaving this sport that I love, but I trust you. Yeah. I know I, I got to leave this sport. I don't have a full scholarship, but I trust my parents deserve for me to have a full scholarship. And I trust you as my mentor. Take me through your thoughts and how you felt in that moment. Man, that's one of the moments I feel like one of the first moments I feel like I was really unsure about something. I'm like, damn, like. Did I just do that? Like, I know I'm nice at football for sure, for sure. I can go out here and kill. I don't care if I got to walk on. Like, I'm going to earn that. But I'm like, for me, in that moment, it wasn't really about me. It was more so for my people at that moment. So uh, I'm like, okay, if you if you do decide to go do this, you know, like, you got to do it. You can't half-ass it. There's no quitting. There's no, you know, second-guessing yourself. This has to, this has to work out. Otherwise, you just fumble. You really just fumble everything for yourself. So. I feel like when you put yourself in a situation, man, where quitting isn't an option or failure isn't an option, man, and you just continue, like you said, to push and take that head on, you'll, you'll find a way to, to make it work. When, once your back's against the wall, it kind of shows you what you're really made of. Time after time, I showed myself, bro, like, you built for this, bro. Like, you can, you can do whatever it is you put your mind to. I don't care if I want to be a surgeon, man, a, a 
a mathematician and accounting, like just fall in love with the grind and whatever it is that you do. Like you fall in love with that grind, you're going to see that return, bro. That is fire, bro. And I think there's something you said over and over and over, grind, 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 grind. But if you're visually, we're looking at each other, but I'm doing this. I'm knocking yeah. my knuckles together. Grind, grind, grind. Yeah. But what happens when the you can't grind and it's hurt or you're in pain or things happen in your life? How do you give yourself that grace to pick yourself back up and to grind again? Take me to those real moments where you're you're in doubt. You're struggling. Yes, you know to grind, but you don't feel like grinding. Yeah. How are you able to pick yourself up in that day to give yourself grace and go at it again? Man, yeah, it's times where yeah, like you said, you don't feel like grinding, and it's times where you feel like the grind isn't paying off. Like, man, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, but like, I'm not seeing nothing from it. Like, no return, no return, no return. I'm grinding. At some point, you start feeling like it's insanity. You and I both know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So. Man, that's where that's where the faith kicks in, bro. That's where the faith kicks in, bro. Like you pray on something long enough, bro. And this time where I prayed on the same thing every day for for months on end, bro. My first year after I graduated Chicago State, man, I went to go play overseas in England. It was a decent league, wasn't the best league, but it was a it was a it was a way for me to get my foot in the door, bro. I felt like I needed some professional stats under my belt. I needed some like, you know, a solid start in my career. Mind you, coming out of Chicago State, I had no workouts, no NBA teams. I didn't step in that one NBA jersey in front of no NBA, like nothing like that. So, mind you, I, went to, I felt like I wanted to shoot my shot at the NBA, but like it just didn't make sense at the time. Even though I felt like, you know, going out on faith, this is what I should do. My yeah. agent kind of told me like, nah, let's, let's secure something for yourself. Let's secure. So, I went overseas, had a solid year. Once again, no no looks, no one knocking at my door. So what I did, uh, they had the the open, like the little G League showcase. It was in Chicago, probably like 250 guys in there, man. You got to pay your own way. I sit in line for like an hour and a half. I went in there. I felt like I was killing. I might be wrong. I felt like I was killing. Bro. My <laughs> team went in there, won all the games, you know what I mean? It was like four guys on my team that got selected for the day two part of the event, which was like the guys that they really, really look at. I didn't even get selected for that. Mind you, my team didn't lose any games at all. I didn't even get selected for that. So I'm like telling my agent, like, man, like, you know, like, what's good? Like, what I'm going to do? Woo-woo. Yeah. So uh, I continued to work out, prayed on it, prayed on it, prayed on it, worked out, worked out. Got a call from, uh, he got two calls back. I think one was from the, the Rockets organization and one was from the Warriors. Like, uh, once you come to like the open camp, try out, but it's like, you know, instead of just coming in as an open guy, like they kind of invited you, quote unquote, invited you type of thing. So I took the Warriors tryout, bro. Man, once I got the call for that, bro, I swear it felt like a, a prayer was answered. Even though like nothing came from that, like right away, like just the fact that I got the call, I'm like, yo, like I prayed for this and it, it, it happened, you know, but she really came. So went in there for the workout, bro. Man, that's a crazy story. Went in there for the workout, bro. I felt like I killed it, bro. I was the last guy cut on the last day. Mm. Honestly, uh, shout out to Juan Toscano. Juan Toscano was in there, man. He just won a championship. Shout out to bro. I went in there, walked in with him also, got cut on the last day. It brought me into the office like, yeah, it's a numbers thing, Trayvon. You know, we like you. You did well. It was a numbers thing. I'm hearing it, but I'm like, man, it's, you know, that's what they're supposed to say. Of course, they're going to tell you, like, like you. Right, right. Tell me, like, we like you. If anything happens, we'll call you back. So I'm back home again, working out, still not knowing what's going to happen, but like, the grind, you pumping your fist again, the grind, the grind, the grind, like the prayer, the faith, the faith, the faith, like something's going to happen from this. So, um, like a little, na- I think the national team where, where the guys go play for the country, the respected country. I think Juan Toscano was the actual guy that went to go play for Mexico. So there was a, 
there was a roster spot for me for like, I think it was like two, two games, three games, bro. I think it was two games. I go back out there, happy, you know, first game, didn't play at all. Second game, somebody got hurt, so I ended up getting thrown into the starting lineup. Okay, like now you got to show up, TP. You've been praying for this. You've been working for this. Like it's time to show up. Yeah. I go out there, man, play my heart out, bro. I had, I think I finished like 17 and 10. I had player of the game. We ended up beating the Texas Legends on a back-to-back. I felt good, bro. I'm like, okay, I, I'm set now. Like I came, I showed up. Like what more do you want? I got the little interview after the game. They posted about me. I'm thinking it's good. Get the call into the office again. Same guy. It's a numbers thing, man. We love you. It's a numbers thing. Ooh, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, man, what else? What else you want me to do? Like, you know, well, I feel like I won the game for real. Right. Another team, man, for all. But I feel like I did what I could. But he's like, yeah, it's a numbers thing. We like, we really like you though. So, how are you able to go after it again? Obviously, after that, you didn't stop playing basketball. You didn't stop grinding. How are you able to do so? And and what's the mindset? I think for me personally, I ain't gonna lie. Each time. Something like that happens in my career. It's like building in my head. Like I'm, I'm becoming anxious to where, okay, I'm going to this. I got an opportunity. I'm going to get it. I'm going to grind. And then it doesn't pay off. And then it's like building, it's building, mm-hmm. it's building. How is it for you mentally when you're approached or uh, uh, faced with another situation? It's like, yeah, you want to get excited. Like, oh, this is my shot. But yeah. you're, you're faced with the past and you remember everything that happened before. Take me to your thoughts. Like, what do you think in those moments and how do you kind of walk yourself through? I mean, I came up short in a sense, but like still a step forward in what I was. Yeah, I got cut from this NBA or G League team. But like last year, I, I wasn't in front of no NBA or G League teams, even though I'm taking these incremental steps. Like it's small games, bro. Life is about these small games. I'm taking these small games forward, forward, forward. Like, and I feel like for me, what's kind of kept me around the game so long is, man, as long as I keep taking a gain or even if it's a small step forward, man, I'm winning. Like I might not be winning as much as the next guy or what the guy on TV does or like mm. his story, but like that takes you back to being grounded to, to you and following your own story and, and who you are. So that takes you back to the, the core value Fact. that we talked about. Fact. Game, bro. Like, it's, it's, you know, you kind of got to be your own person, run your own race, you know, focus on, on your journey. So I'm like, yeah, man, Just came up short. But it's, it's a small game. That is crazy. That's fire. I think you go from football, you go to basketball, you go to Chicago State, which you highlighted on. Then you go to England. Then you start your journey over here. You go from different teams, from Santa Cruz. Then you go to Nas. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Nas again. Yeah. Then you go to Motor City Cruise. And then you're a Piston. So you become a Detroit Piston in all this time and everything that you faced. And, you know, people listening and in life, people often read the headlines and be like, oh, that's a nice. He's a nice looking Jamaican man on the (laughs) the screen. It says Trayvon Palmer, Detroit Pistons. He's wearing the blue, white and red. He made it. Oh, that's awesome. People often read that headline, but they don't know the story and how you got there. I guess the year before you got to uh, be a Piston. Walk me through those times. Definitely. So um, I'll go back to my second year. With uh, with Nas, just when I met met you and Tariq, shout out to Tariq also, man. It's the year I played with you guys, I feel like that was one of my my better years where I was close on the verge of taking yet another step forward. I feel like uh, at the time we only had two, what we had one two way at the time. I believe it was who was our two way at the time, Jared Harper. Jared Harper. I feel like we had one more spot, so I feel like you know I was playing well in spurts, like nothing. Over a long body of period, but in spurts, I was playing well, so I feel like I was in contention for that, uh, or at least they told me. 
they ended up giving it to Tariq, who, man, was well-deserving of it, man. Shout out to bro again. So from there, I was kind of banking on my play and my my networking to have an opportunity at Summer League the, the following year. As you know, the COVID year happened. So with COVID happening, uh, they selected uh, teams to kind of decide if they want to go into the bubble or not. I think it was a, a few teams that didn't go to the bubble. Last year, being one of them, they just were sold to the Motor City Crew. So didn't go to the bubble, didn't go play overseas. So that was a year I, I really didn't play at all. That was probably uh, one of the toughest years, being that it was the COVID year also. Like, so I'm not playing. Took a whole year off of basketball, trying to venture into other things, like to kind of keep myself afloat, so trying to keep my mind focused on doing something productive. Mind you, I'm still behind the scenes grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding, but you got to have other things going for yourself also. So right. that was probably, the, man, one of the toughest years. I, mean, I think uh, my agent at the time took a, a job position elsewhere. This time I, I didn't play basketball for an entire year, and now I have no agent. So I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> what am I going to do next mm. year? But, uh, man, uh, just from being a good person, I would say in the connection I've made, man, uh, my guy, Eddie Denard, put me in contact with an agent, Richard Gray, who uh, he said he seen me play. You know, I told you he played like two games with Santa Cruz. He said he came to a game there and seen me play. Wait, what? Bro, it was crazy, bro. It was like, I swear, it was like God had aligned everything for me, bro. He seen me play. He was watching one of his uh, his clients there. I think it was Kendrick Nunn at the time, watching him. But then he seen me and he seen I'm with Chicago State. Rich is also an alumni of Chicago State. So he's like, man, wow, this kid, you know what I mean, went to the same school I went to. So he kind of knew. Bro, that's for crazy. For me going to Chicago State, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. For me going to Chicago State, though, bro, he he already knew, like, type of adversary I had to, like, overcome to even get to where I am, you know? So he was a, a big fan of me from there. So once he found that out, he's like, man, like, I want to work with you. Like, you know, let, let's lock in, whatever. We're going to make this happen. Like, I know what you Man, it's crazy, bro. It is crazy. Once I found that out, like, yeah. Bro, bro, if you're, not to cut you off, if you're listening to this, bro, he just displayed something beautiful, bro. And I think it, it gives you case studies in your life. Like, yeah. that's why you stay locked into your journey. You were <laughs> on these teams. You got cut twice. And you don't know yeah. in that moment that that moment that you just showed your ass and you yeah. played your ass off and you showed and you put all yeah. that heart and pain and struggle into that game yeah. and then you got cut. You still showed something. You showcased the skills that you had and you showcased everything that you've been through through the, the your life. He saw you at Chicago State. You never know. Like that moment led you to him. I think that is fire, yeah. bro. And a lot of people listening in their story, they can see like the moment they're in right now. Yes, it might not play off, but like you said, those incremental, those gains, those gains, those gains. You X'd it. You triple X'd it after a year where most of the world unfortunately lost lives, lost jobs, lost everything. You were able to double that, triple that into something beautiful because of that time that you stay connected with who you were. I think that's fire not to cut you off, but I love for you to keep going with the story that you have because I'm just like, bro, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I think you hit it right on, man. And even hearing it again, or even hearing me tell the story, man, gives me a little chills telling the story, man, because, like, this is 100% like how it happened, bro. And even sitting here thinking back on it, like, bro, that's not by mistake, bro. That's not by coincidence. Like, that's 100% by design, bro. Like, that's yeah. that's just God's work being done on my life, bro. And that's, you know, part of the things that I pray for. And when I say my prayers every day, like, just let your will be done on my life, bro. Going from a, a year of not playing at all, Rich is like, okay. You know, I'm going to try to get you back in, back into the door. But, uh, he like, I'm like, yeah, the Suns were just sold to the Pistons. So now the NAS Suns are the Mercy Crews. So I end up going in there, uh, 
following summer, thinking it's going to be like a G League workout, man. I get in there, pull up to the, the parking lot, man. I start seeing like, like, hold on, that guy look familiar. Like, hold on, he looks familiar. Like, oh, this is the actual Pistons Pistons. It's not a G League team. Like, I'm out here working <laughs> out with the Pistons. Man, so, man, I went in there. Uh, I'm not going to lie again. I thought I killed it, especially for not playing for a year, man. I, I was so excited, man, to just be playing basketball again, man. And I feel like it showed in my play. It showed in my energy. It showed in my persona, like just being a good person. Like, all that showed in that moment. And uh, from there, man, I was able to, I guess, secure a spot on a, on a G League team, which I was very, very grateful for. Then after not playing for a year, man, I thought they were going to be sending me overseas somewhere, which I would have been happy for that too. But like just to be back here in the States, man, was a, I was very happy about that got me on the Motor City Cruise, man. And, and that was a, that was a blessing all in itself, man. Like see my boy Norris out of Yassi again in there, man. I feel like everything was just coming full circle for me, man. It was crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was I was able to meet you there with Shandre Jones. Shout out Shandre Jones. Shout out Draco. And honestly, quite honestly, at the time where I met you guys there, I wasn't mentally in a good place. Like I had just came back from Germany. And it's like you we have two different lives. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing a guy, he's so grateful. He's getting another chance. He's he's charged. I meet you guys. I'm like, yeah, like we back. Mm-hmm. Like the team's back. And and mentally I was out of there. And I think you and Dre kind of knew that there's one time in the bus or I think in the locker room where you were like, do you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to be here? <laughs> like, I think you guys were kind of joking, but it kind of hit me like, I don't know. And there's a lot of times we were on the phone or, you know, when, when it comes to training camp, you kind of peep the older guys know, like, uh, there's like 20 guys in here. Somebody's getting <laughs> yeah. cut. Like, yeah. y'all don't know what's going yeah. on, but we're kind of peeping like, okay, this is going to happen here. This is going to happen here. And in my mind, I was just like, I wouldn't mind it be me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's something that you guys said, like, why? Like, what are you on? Like, and it kind of clicked for me is, is to be grateful in the moment. But I think, and a lot of people listening to this podcast is it comes from a, a place of pain. And I was powered by the pain of, of the past and being in Germany yeah. and being in a tough situation with coaches and, and, and not playing off well. And for me to jump into a new situation, it's hard for me to switch that off. Yeah. And uh, the beauty in your story is, Something in you, you're able to switch it off or at least turn that voice down a little bit to be grateful. I saw you, 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 uh, Mr. Trayvon, happy, smiling in those different moments. And it led you to get that Pistons Mm -hmm. look and and to be on the Pistons. I think if you're listening to this podcast and and something from your story is so beautiful that it's like your character is firm all the way on, all the way on. Yes, you might fall. Yes, you might falter into different things in your mindset, but you're still charged in who you are and it gives you opportunities. It draws people towards you and to get into stepping that. I think it was fire. When I saw you, bro, when I saw you in that Piston jersey, I was like, man, bro, I was just with them. Yeah. I was just with them before the season. I saw how happy and how how he was. Like, yeah. I know what he actually went through the year before. And to see him in that jersey, I'm like, bro, that is so love. Like, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's weird. There's some guys, when they get a look, I'm just like, him? <laughs> like, and it, it partly is competitive, but I don't like that. I'm like that. The sport kind of gets you that way, but... When I saw you in a Pistons jersey, bro, that made like my week because I'm like, bro, this man grinded for this shit, bro. Like he really worked his ass off for this shit. Walk me through that day, that time. Initially, right when you got the call, like, okay, you're getting a call up. 
Take me to initially how you felt in that moment. For sure. And I feel like, man, to say that it hits you different because you you kind of knew me. You kind of knew what I've been through. You kind of, you know, you seen me for a couple of years go through the ups and the downs. So I feel like for everybody that knew me personally or even knew a small part of my story, I feel like that that reaction kind of resonated with everybody kind of the same. Like, you know, whether you know me from up close and personal or from afar, yeah. like, everybody kind of felt that. And I feel like going back to when you, uh, that locker room talk, when you felt like you, you would be happy if you, you know, you, I'd be happy if I got cut type of thing. And I was, me and Dre were kind of upset with you at that point. Cause it's like, yeah, you, you had a tough time in, in Germany last year. Understandable. But like, I would have loved that tough time in Germany, bro. I was, I was at home, bro. Like I didn't, I didn't play at all. So that's where that that kind of like being gratefulness and I feel like that energy of me just being grateful to, to be around the game again kind of kind of flourished me through the organization with the with the Pistons man and I don't know I'm just being happy to be there every day man the first guy in there last guy out type of mentality man speaking to everybody in there man from the janitors to I the ain't gonna lie Trayvon you gonna you gonna have to you gonna have to break you gonna have to break the <laughs> shell not to cut you off you gonna have to break the shell a little bit take yeah. me to how you felt like hey we turned we lit like there had to be some <laughs> of that you didn't just get it and be like okay Thank you. Uh, you nah, were like, uh, okay, hell yeah. Take me to how you felt. Man, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, I felt like, uh, part of me was like, yeah, like, come on. But like, the other part of me was like, man, about time, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? I work for this. Like, you know, somebody yeah. needs to recognize it. Like, yeah, like, you know. Genix, you going off.